Have you enjoyed this time in the presence of the Lord? I want you to just take your seat for a moment. Um, I want to share with you, just for a few minutes tonight, I want to share with you. I want to talk to you about the paths of righteousness. The paths of life. In Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, the scripture says, You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with everlasting pleasures at your right hand. You have made known to me the paths of life. What does it mean when God makes known to you the paths of life? Psalm 65, 11 says, You crown the year with your goodness, and all of your paths drip with abundance. You crown the year with your goodness, and all of your paths drip with abundance. The psalmist is saying that if you were to discover one of the paths of the Lord, and when we're talking about the paths of the Lord, we're talking about the way that he walks. That if, if you could find a path, wherever he walks, he leaves a path. And if you could get behind him and walk in his footsteps, you would find that that path is dripping with abundance. David says, you've made known to me the paths of life. And you will fill me with joy in your presence, with everlasting pleasures at your right hand. He says, if you can find that path where the Lord has walked and get behind him and and just start walking in that path that he's cleared with his feet, you'll find that, that you're suddenly in his presence, that the path leads right to his presence, and in it there's fullness of joy. At his right hand there's pleasures forevermore. And that also means that if I'm not living a life that's characterized by fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore, I'm not in that path. And so David says, teach me your paths, O Lord. Teach me your ways. He said in Psalm 23, he said, you restore my soul and you lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You lead me in paths of righteousness. Righteousness is a path. It's a path. It's not a place. It's a path. It's not a destination. It's a journey. Righteousness is a path that you walk in. It's about the way you live your life, everyday life. He said, but in order to lead me in passive righteousness, you have to restore my soul. And the word for restore there is the word shuv in the Hebrew, which means to turn or to repent. You repent my soul. And the soul is comprised of the mind, the will, and the emotions. What he literally means is you turn my mind. You turn my mind. And so when we're talking about a path, We're not just talking about the decisions that you make in your life and the way that you walk. We're talking about a path that starts in your mind. Did you know that you can actually see the pathways in the brain? That they're actually visible. And that every action starts with a pathway that's forged in the brain. That every decision you make forges a pathway in the brain. And we walk in the paths that have been charted for us first in the mind. And secondly, they manifest themselves in the natural, the way we live our lives. They're doing a lot of research now in the field of psychology on the concept of attachment. And what they're discovering is that human beings need not only food and shelter, not only clothing, but human beings need attachment. An attachment. That is, if you take an infant... At the moment of its birth, and you connect it to a feeding tube so that it gets all the the nourishment that it needs, and put it in a warm environment where it never gets cold, that is, create an environment that will sustain it, 
but provide absolutely no human interaction for that child, that baby will die. It has every other need, but the basic need for human attachment is gone. And so we begin to feel what's called attachment pain. That is when the primary relationships that are supposed to provide us with the nourishment that comes through proper human attachment, it's called secure attachment. When we don't develop secure attachment in our infancy and in our childhood, we begin to seek out other ways of filling that need. We turn to other things. We turn to experiences. We turn to people. Or we turn to substances. And the whole goal is to satisfy that need for attachment that's missing. I learned recently about a young lady who, when she was a little girl, was sent to boarding school. As a, a, just in, in elementary school. And she yearned for her parents, especially her mother. She longed for her mother. But all she would get were these periodic baskets in the mail from her mother, care packages. And they would be filled with brownies and chocolates. And so she would think of her mother and she would eat chocolate. And it got to the point where every time she missed her mother, she would go looking for chocolate. And so every time she felt this attachment pain, she turned and walked in the path of chocolate. And chocolate became a pathway in the brain. And that pathway became so large that it got to the point where she didn't even feel like she missed her mother. She didn't feel the pain of missing her mother. All she knew was she needed chocolate. Why do I need chocolate? And even as an adult, later in life, she'd find herself saying, why did I sit here and eat three boxes of chocolate? And if somebody said, you're missing your mother, she says, no, I'm not what you're talking about. My mother lives right over there. I just saw her yesterday. What do you mean I'm missing my mother? But you forged a pathway. that, And you forged it so long ago, and you've been walking in that path for so long that the brain naturally turns to walk in the path of chocolate. So that when you feel any kind of pain, any kind of emotion of, of, of hurt, any kind of anxiousness or nervousness, any kind of rejection or fear, anything associated with any kind of attachment pain, that pathway has been substantiated so strongly in the brain that you naturally begin to walk in the path of chocolate. And chocolate becomes the means of satisfying that deep pain, that deep Need for attachment in your heart. You couldn't attach to your mama, so you attached yourself to chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you tonight, what is your chocolate? The moment you discover and identify your chocolate, you have discovered the path that you're walking in. When you identify your chocolate, because pain is something that all of us have experienced. And every single one of us, I could stand each and every one of us up here one by one. And we could describe the attachment pain that we felt in our lives. We can describe something that happened in our lives in which we didn't get what we needed from the people that were supposed to give it to us. And it, it's not always their choice. Some, maybe your parent, one of your parents died when you were very young. They didn't choose to die, but still there was a deficiency 
and something was not met, some need was not met deep in your being, and you began to feel a deep attachment pain. And so maybe you filled it with some experience, or maybe you filled it with some person, or maybe you filled it with some substance, but every time you did that, you began to chart a path. And if we could open up your head, we could actually find that path in your brain. We could see it. There it is, right there. There's chocolate. Pain, chocolate. There's a direct connection in your brain. The pathway that leads to chocolate starts with pain. What is your chocolate? And so David says, he restores my soul. He turns my soul. He repents my soul. Meaning... He forges a new pathway in my brain that doesn't turn toward chocolate, but turns me towards him. And so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. That is, that path of righteousness starts in the brain. It starts in the mind. That's why the Bible says that we have to renew our minds. When the Bible says renew your mind, it means start by forging some new pathways in the brain. Some ways that lead to the Lord. And we have to start by identifying those pathways that lead in the wrong direction. In Proverbs chapter 2, Solomon is speaking to his son. He says, my son, if you would receive my words and hide my commands within you, inclining your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. And then if you cry out after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek them as silver and search for them as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. says he holds victory in store for the righteous. He guards the course of the just and watches over the path of his faithful ones. And then he says, wisdom will enter into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant under your soul. And then discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you. And what will it keep you from? It will keep you from the path of the seductress woman. It'll keep you from the path uh, and and it will preserve you from the way of the wicked one. And then he speaks of that seductress woman and he says, her paths lead unto death. And her ways lead to the place of the dead. And and listen to this. None who go under her return again. Neither take they hold of the paths of life. Do you know what he's saying? He is the the, uh, Solomon is distilling wisdom that is far beyond his years. They're only just now discovering in psychology why when people get addicted to something, they're typically addicted to it for the rest of their lives. And why it's so hard to break addiction. Because you've created a path in the brain. And typically when you start to create a path in the brain, it starts out as a very narrow path. It's narrow. That's why Jesus says narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few there be with who walk in it. Narrow is the path that leads to eternal life. It always starts with a narrow path. But the, but the thing about the path that leads to destruction, the reason it's broad is because many there be who walk in it. When you turn to chocolate or to alcohol or to sexuality or to some other substance, to drugs, there's so many other people who are turning to that path that even though it's narrow when you first start, it quickly becomes broad because there's so many other people in it with you. But turning to the Lord is such a narrow path because you don't see anybody else doing it. And you might find yourself saying, I wish I could just get drunk like the rest of them do. 
You know, when one of my family members, when they're feeling pain, they start breaking everything in the house. When my dad felt pain, he would start slapping people around. When my uncle felt pain, he would pull out his gun and start shooting things. There's this broad way, this broad path, and many there be who walk in it. But how many people do you know who the moment they feel pain, they just turn to the Lord? They turn and start meditating on the Word of God. They turn and just start speaking to the Lord. It's a narrow way. And if you start walking in that way, you're going to feel all by yourself because it's not the way of the world. No one else is walking in that way. It's a narrow path. Narrow is the way, but it leads to eternal life. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few there be that walk in it, Jesus said. But broad is the path that leads to destruction. But that's not the end of it. It begins as a narrow path. But then the psalmist said, you enlarge the path beneath my feet. You enlarge the path beneath my feet. It starts as a narrow path, but then it gets broader and broader and broader. The more you begin to turn to the Lord in the place of your pain, the more you begin to direct it towards Him, the more you begin to turn to Him, all of a sudden you're forging a path that's just becoming broader and broader and broader and broader. And pretty soon you're desiring the Lord and you're not even feeling the pain. Pretty soon you're longing for the presence of God. You don't even know why you're longing for the presence of God. God becomes your chocolate. The spirit of the living God becomes your chocolate. And suddenly you can't even think about chocolate anymore. You know, there are people that have turned to their chocolate so much that their chocolate has become all consuming. You can go days and only eat chocolate. You spend all night long eating chocolate. You spend whole weeks eating chocolate and you haven't eaten anything else. Do you know, Pastor Daniels, he said to me one day, he said, my wife came to me one day and said, baby, please eat something. I said, what are you talking about? She said, you haven't eaten in seven days. I said, I haven't. I didn't even know it. He said, the Lord had taken me away and I was, I was just with the Lord and he was downloading so much revelation and I was eating so deeply of the deep things of God that I didn't even realize that I hadn't partaken of any natural food. The Lord had become his chocolate and where somebody else might spend whole days eating chocolate, he was spending whole days fellowshipping with the spirit of the Lord. How broad is his path? The path has become so large beneath his feet that he can't even find his way off of it if he wanted to. Do you feel yourself being drawn into the presence of the Lord? Do you feel each and every day when you wake up, as David said, when I awake, I'm still with you. (coughs) The fact of the matter is the reality is you're always with him. You're never apart from him. But the question is, where is your mind? Because the mind can move into the flesh and that's the realm of chocolate. Or the mind can move in the spirit and that's the realm of eternal pleasures. Because see, your chocolate is a temporary pleasure. But when God becomes your chocolate, it's an everlasting pleasure. That's why he said, you lead me in the paths of life. And in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. I'm not talking about the temporary realm of temporary chocolate. I'm talking about the eternal realm of eternal pleasure in the presence of the Lord. And God wants to draw us into a deeper place in him. And it's not about discipline. It's not about Bible study. It's not about reading this many chapters a day or saying this many prayers a day or or singing this many songs. It's about coming to the place where God becomes your chocolate, where you learn 
learn how to turn to him in your time of need, where you learn how to turn to him in your time of pain, where you learn how to turn towards the Lord and turning towards the Lord starts with believing that he's drawing you. Because in the beginning, you don't feel him drawing you. You got to believe that he's drawing you. You got to believe it. It starts with your faith. God, you're drawing me. I believe you're draw- I believe you're calling me because if you don't believe he's drawing you, you'll spend all your time trying to create a relationship with God that was already created by the blood of Jesus Christ. You think he doesn't want you in your presence, in his presence, but he's actually already fully welcomed you in. Teach me your paths. You crown the year with your goodness and all of your paths drip with abundance. His paths are dripping with abundance. But the, the, this, is, this is the irony of it. When we're feeling pain in that moment when we turn toward the Lord, at that first moment when we turn toward the Lord, we don't experience abundance. We feel like it's empty. In the beginning, when we turn ourselves toward the Lord, we feel like we've turned there and there's nothing there. I've come into this barren wilderness. Here I am, God. I'm waiting. Come do something in my life. But the scripture says, no, his paths drip with abundance. There's not emptiness there. There's fullness of joy there. But when I first turn there, I don't experience that emptiness. Why? Because I'm so used to nibbling at the table of the world. And my soul is so stuffed with small things that when I sit at the table with the Lord, I can't even see the delicacies that are set before me. And so I have to come by faith believing. I believe that your path is dripping with abundance. I believe. That you're crowning the year with your goodness. I believe that you're going to broaden the path beneath my feet. And what I find is that day after day, he begins to open my eyes. And I begin to see more clearly how his, the path is dripping with abundance. That where I thought there was nothing, there's actually abundance. Where I thought there was emptiness, there's actually fullness. Where I thought that I was turning away from things, I actually was forsaking useless things. And finding things that have eternal value. Where I thought I was losing things and sacrificing things. Actually, all I was doing was exchanging worthless things for priceless things. I found that all I was doing was releasing what I can't keep so that I can gain what I can't lose. What's your chocolate? What's your chocolate? David says in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners. You know what he's saying? There's a path. It's already been charted. But it's the path of sinners. But there's a path. It's already been charted. It's called the path of righteousness. And he defines it. Their delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, they meditate day and night. That is, they fill their minds with the word of the Lord. And they have learned to meditate on the word of the Lord and focus on it. Rather than to meditate on their pain. And then satiate it, substantiate it. By turning into the path of chocolate. Your chocolate is your reflex. Without even thinking, you're eating it. Oh. 
You don't even know why you need it anymore. Sometimes you wish you could turn away from it. This doesn't even make any sense. It's a path. Start by charting a new path. And you know what? For most of you, you've already charted the path. You've just got to strengthen it. You've got to walk in it more. You just got to make a decision. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to turn into this path. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk in it. What did Robert Frost say? Two roads diverged in a narrow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. He ended that poem by saying, I shall be saying with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood and I, I chose the one less traveled by. Maybe you need to choose the path that's less traveled by. The one I know, I know that two paths are already before you. The path of righteousness and the path of chocolate. And you've turned to the chocolate because it's quick and easy. And the thing about the path of righteousness is it's abundant, but it's not quick and it's not easy. It's going to take you some time to learn how to walk in that path. It's going to take you some time and there's some things you're going to have to learn how to leave behind that you can't take with you in that path. The scripture says that there will, a highway will be there. It will be called the highway of holiness and none shall walk up there but the pure in heart. And it says, it says ferocious beasts will not walk on that path. You won't be attacked all the time as you're walking on that path. But only the redeemed shall walk there. And then what does it say of the redeemed who walk in that path? And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. They will enter Zion with singing. A crown of everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Why? Because you've turned to the path of righteousness. You've let him restore your soul. You let him turn your soul. You let him renew your mind. And suddenly you're brought into agreement with what was already real before you began to agree with it. That the Lord is your shepherd. You have no need. He's leading you in paths of righteousness. And here's the thing that Robert Frost didn't see. Down the one path that's well-worn, there's a whole bunch of people down there saying, come with us. Come with us. Come on. Everybody goes down this path. Everybody's doing it. It's natural. It's only human. Come on. Come on. Whole bunch of people, multitude. But on the other little narrow path, there's one man. He says, come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Bow your head. Lord, you have already charted the course. You have already made a way. Teach us to walk in your paths. Teach us to identify your ways. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Cause me to walk in your truth. David said, lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. 
Open my eyes and cause me to see that you crown the year with your goodness. And all of your paths drip with abundance. Strengthen the straight and narrow path. Broaden it under our feet. We give you our chocolate tonight. Cause us to turn away from the path of chocolate. Whatever our chocolate is tonight. Renew our minds. You cause me to walk in the path of righteousness. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's not even my choice to walk in it, but he takes me by the hand and leads me. Teach us to believe that you're leading us in paths of righteousness. Even when we've chosen to ignore them, you're taking us by the hand and saying, no, son, no, daughter. I'm going to lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Lord, what we've seen when we've begun to walk in that path, that it's just like the first gleam of dawn. It's so subtle. It seems almost insignificant, that gleam of dawn is so small. But it shines ever brighter till the full light of day if we keep walking in that path. We come to a point along the way where there's so much light that we realize that the moment that we turn toward that path, the word of the Lord was released in, in the heavens that said, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness covers all the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise above you, and his glory will be seen in you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. But that light shines brighter and brighter as you learn to walk the path. Walk the path. Walk the path. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Why? Because his path drips with abundance. He crowns the year with his goodness and his paths drip with abundance. Holy Spirit, we love you. You lead us. And we yield to your leading. And I speak your blessing tonight over each and every one. And I bless the path of righteousness. And I say you will walk in it. In Jesus' precious, holy, mighty name, I thank you, Father. Amen. 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 God bless you.